0: From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com.
2: You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy.
0: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Aiton. It's Saturday morning, it's 8 o'clock. Watford won 2-1 last night, Ben. How's that started your weekend off? Really well, I assume.
2: Hey, yes, yeah, started it off really well. I'm, I'm just glad my um, blood pressure's calmed down a bit um, <laughs> after the last five minutes when all those corners are coming into a box. I don't know about anyone else, but... My old ticker was going there and I couldn't wait for a full-time whistle just so I could calm down. Um, But yeah, it's always good to record the morning after a victory. It's also very good to record an hour later than we did midweek. This is eight o'clock where midweek was recording at seven. So yeah, we had a little bit of a line today. So I'm I'm very thankful of that. Um, How are you feeling today, mate?
0: Yeah, like you said, you know, the the fact that we, we managed to hang on was absolutely massive. Those last 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, it felt like the last hour of the game, but I'm just happy. And, you know, it sounds really odd, but it it does set you up to have a good weekend. Like, Knowing that we're not playing today on a Saturday, Saturday's going to be long enough. But the fact that we've got three points and we're now level on point uh, level with second place, massive, massive. So hopefully it's going to set up a, a good weekend. But on a personal level, been training obviously this week, first week of training, managed to shift four pounds, which is good. Um, so long mate continue. Um, so it, it has been tough, but long mate continue. But yes. Um, Talking of the game now, because we do like to talk about when we've won. Um, one change to the starting eleven, Ben. Perhaps one that we didn't see coming. in. Um, we, we knew that he changed the centre-backs for the last game, but he changed them again. Sierra Elta coming out for Truister Kong. Was you perhaps a bit surprised at that? Because I think there are a few Watford fans who raise their eyebrows at that.
2: Yeah, well, I was fully expecting us to... Do what Muniz has done in the last couple of games, keeping a consistent um, ten or nine in the starting lineup. But I, I was expecting Craig Cathcart to come back out of the side um, mm. and and Syria to to keep his place. Um, but yeah, it's we really missed him yesterday as well. I think we really. F- we we needed him with all those corners just coming into a box, corner after corner. I felt like we, we couldn't deal with him properly. And it was quite telling because Siriotta, he wins the most aerial duels in the Watford side doesn't he, or maybe in the championship? Who knows? He's that good. Um, but yeah, really missed him yesterday. Um, it was good that we gave um Cathcart another 90 minutes, so that's another 90 minutes under his belt. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying that he's kept the formation again. Yes. Another tick for me. Um, the consistency of the team, they all gelling now. Um, it's it's very fluid football now. Um, it's all gelling So, yeah the only slight negative would have been seriality coming out of the starting lineup.
0: Absolutely and you know as as we just said I don't think anyone would have expected that especially with how well he's playing but it it sort of raises the question of you would have to even though he's only he's only 23 isn't he Ben. Yeah. So even though he's only 23 you know you, you wouldn't think that a player of that age would need rotating much because they're young fit healthy etc but at some stage, we would have had to have changed him to rotate him. But it then there the question, well, if the derby game wasn't the right game, when yeah. was the right game? And they're all vital from here on in. So Definitely. maybe maybe you've had that sort of thought process about it. But, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing seeing rested, um, you know, as you said, we, we clearly missed him towards the ends because he would have been perfect for those corners coming in because, uh, my word, we did not look comfortable. And, you know, you were saying to me at the start, before we started recording didn't quite realise how good Derby were at set pieces, um, but wow. I mean the commentator alluded to it. But you know, some of them—I'm um, jumping the gun massively here—but that one in the second half, I think it was Byrne that took it, and it was an in swinger, and Backman pulled out a brilliant save. He looked like he clattered the frame of the goal, saving it. Um, but they, they're really dangerous, and it was really windy last night as well, so that definitely wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have helped. But You're absolutely right, Ben. Sticking with the same formation was key. I know you you might be thinking, well, you know, there's been two games since we changed the formation. Of course, he's going to stick with it now. But you just never know with Watford managers if they're going to stick or twist. But luckily he did. So I'm I'm happy with that. But I thought, and also uh, congratulations to Ken Semmer yesterday. That was his 50th Watford appearance. Um, So fair play to him. Um, But Ben, I, I think the way that the game started, it just... It's complement compliment to the formation that we're playing. We started absolutely brilliantly. We, we looked very comfortable from the get-go.
2: Yeah, well, I, I sent you a message just before Watford actually scored, didn't I? Um, yeah. Because what we what we both do for the, the podcast, we write down notes and things to talk about, but I sent you a message after 15 minutes saying nothing to report because it was that mm. comfortable. But we we had no issues defending. We looked comfortable. We wasn't really creating anything going forward, but we were controlling the game and it was just like we was biding our time until we was going to slowly break them down. But yeah, it, it was a positive start from Watford. Um, not, not as quick and gun ho as it was against Bristol City but it was a patient start and, mm. and then it only took three minutes later for us to get our first goal
0: yeah well you mentioned that message you sent me a message uh, with the notes saying nothing to report that was at three minutes past eight and then at four minutes past eight you said ignore that with a load of laughing faces uh, and the reason <laughs> you said that is one of the most bizarre goals but he will take them um I, I mean, I'm struggling to remember sort of how it happened. Um, I think was it Saar had a shot after running in, which we've seen him do all season, running so close to that byline and looking to pull it across. He's pulled it across. It's ricocheted off. Um, it's ricocheted off. Jao Pedro and David Marshall's being caught out massively because of his positioning, and it's somehow trickled in. But Ben, when you look on your side, you look on your side, and that goes in. Um, another goal for Jao Pedro. How 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 massive a boost is that going to be for Jal Pedro? Even though he, he even though he probably didn't know much about it, they still all count, right? Yeah, didn't know much about it, but
2: you've got to be in the right positions to score those kind of goals because you never know when your luck's in. And his luck was in yesterday. Um, That's back-to-back league goals now for Jal Pedro. And he was unlucky not to score against Bristol City. So since they've started playing him as a lone striker and with the, the two wingers alongside him um, he, he's looked really well and I was really impressed with him yesterday like uh, I think the pundits and Sky were picking up you don't really need a big number nine sometimes and Joe Pedro was showing that you don't need it he, he was very physical and winning balls in the air and holding the ball up well and mm. bringing people into play um, so yeah he had a terrific performance yesterday but I, I must say he wouldn't have scored if it wasn't for Will Ho- Will Hughes. Um he, yes. he broke up play. Um Derby was on the attack, won the ball back, slowed things down, released Keith Kiko. Kiko ran over the halfway line. I think Kiko and Saar did like two one-twos um consecutively. And then Saar's burst of pace to get away from um his the for Derby left back. I can't remember his name, was it uh Buchanan? Is that him? yeah that's right, um, yeah. Yeah, got away with him. I couldn't believe he, he had about three, four yards on star as well. And next minute he was gone, um, got yeah. to a byline and yeah, pulled it back. And like you say, when you luck's in, you luck's in and that's Joe Pedro's eighth of the season.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I must laugh because you mentioned there obviously the burst of pace that Sar had on him. A really good mate of mine, Dan Hogg, who um, who lives where I, in the same village that I live, he um, he texts me and he says that he's been watching a lot of the Watford games recently, and he goes he didn't realise how frustrating it can be to watch Sar, and then he goes <laughs> you 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 watch him and you think. You must be one of the fastest goers in the league, if not the fastest. Why doesn't he just run at the players? Because, and he said that after that goal, because of obviously the burst of pace that he had on that left back for Derby. And I just laughed because I thought, you know. I say this all the time. Like there must be so many Watford fans that us. Like get so frustrated that Sarge just doesn't run at his fullback because he's that fast. But yeah. listen, he's he's obviously starting to learn his confidence must be sky high at the moment. Um, has he got the assist for that last night or I don't know. Uh, I'm not too sure because no. it is <laughs>
2: wisdom went to clear it wasn't it so i think yeah. that that's cancelled out the assist straight away which is unfortunate but yeah, yeah. it was hard work from Saw to get to buy and to get the ball into the box but just quickly i think yeah. i might put a poll out later on on the twitter i'm interested to hear your view and everyone else's view on this but um who do you think will ro- win out of a race between vidra anya and sar um
0: i think Saar all day um i, I... He's just
2: got that extra 10%, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, he has. Vidra's memorable moment, and I'm sure you're probably thinking the same here, Ben. It's got to be Brighton Brighton. light, hasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, 100%. That was incredible. And then Anya, Anya was just a little speed demon, speedy Gonzalez, man. Um, That's a tough one. Definitely put that out, Um, and you guys that are listening can vote. People um, used to associate
2: Anya with Roadrunner. Yes, yes, I did. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: It's yeah. Yeah. good to go. Uh... <laughs> For Scotland away at Germany, didn't he? Against he did Neuer. He against
0: yeah, Neuer. Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, I think he's—I don't know what he's doing at the moment. He, he got released from Derby, funnily enough. Um, the last time I heard, but I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but he was a really nice guy. You could tell that he was a nice guy. Uh, and His brother was a decent bloke as well. And I think his brother yeah. still watches us. So yeah, it was uh, that. That is a very interesting question. I'll be interested to I'll see about later. You, definitely. Um, so obviously, Sa, uh, not Sa, sorry, Pedro got his eight for the season, and you're thinking, brilliant one 0 Let's let's build on this. Let's look to see the game out. Two minutes later, it was Ben, uh, and it it was always going to be, wasn't it? it? Will Hughes in the back of the net. I've got to say, well done to Chalaber on this one, um, and I think Chalaber again yesterday had a superb game. Um, a bit unfortunate that it was pulled off, but. I think he was probably dragged off because they didn't want to risk him getting a yellow card because I think Clev's got a yellow card. Um, Husey got a yellow card. So I, I think maybe they thought he, he might get a yellow card. We want to save him. Um, I'd be very surprised if he starts against Blackburn. I think we would look into resting him for that Bournemouth game now. Um, but yeah, that goal from Husey, Ben, absolutely superb. And it looked to have put us a little bit of a cushion on the game.
2: It's exactly what we needed. Um, yeah. Derby was informed team, probably the most informed team in the championship. So we needed to kind of get another goal ahead. Um, we needed to add to our tally because uh, they were definitely in the game still. Um, so yeah, to get two goals within the space of three four minutes was brilliant. Um, it was Watford corner. Hughes took the ball um, into the box. It was half cleared to uh, cleverly. He kind of kept the ball alive. Fell to Chalobah, and great credit to him. The awareness and with that back heel uh, pull it into a path of Will Hughes and then Will Hughes curling in onto his left foot and what a sweet calm precise finish into that bottom corner it was just a beautiful goal
0: yeah yeah massively and I don't I, I would have been surprised if he was going to celebrate, but he didn't have the bloody chance to. He was suffocated by the players. But um He did the real fist
2: fist pump with both yeah. hands when he when it went in, but then he was like, Oh, it's Derby, yeah. let's calm yeah, down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't realise and when you think about it, you think, Oh yeah, okay, well, obviously, but I didn't realise that that was the first time he's played against Derby since he's left them. And we yeah. signed him under Marco Silva. So I think that just illustrates how long we've been sort of in the prem and they've been in the championship. But yeah, when I when I heard that, I thought, "Wow, okay." Um, but yeah, no, I, that was...
2: I, I, I felt the same when um, the Sky Ponder Tree team said that Will Hughes was still 25, I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, That's that that gets me sometimes. It's like that. Um, I know we're going off topic here, but it's like that AC Milan goalkeeper Donnarumma. He seems like he's been around for ages. I, I've I've absolutely butchered that pronunciation, by the way. But um, he's um, <laughs> yeah. he's in goal as for it, them, and he's still as 22. It, He played like a
1: thousand
2: games for him already. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's he, he's played. He must have played about two or three full seasons, and he's still twenty-two. So I'm I right, right Yeah, this is a this is too much, but yeah, no, brilliant goal um, would. Do his confidence a world of good because that one was definitely his. Um, he's still being credited that goal against Bristol City, and yet it was Ken Simmons that was originally given as an own goal. So I, I, I think Will Hughes knew that wasn't his goal against Bristol City, but it still got down as his. But this one definitely was his. No questions against it or anything. But listen 2 0 against, as you say, Ben, a team who we are in form. Uh, and I want to point out that. Before the game, in the last five games, um, in in the form table, only Brentford had picked up more points than Derby. They were up there with the likes of Swansea, Norwich, etc. So they really were the form team. Uh, and you know, as as the boys at the Rams Review Pod said to us, you know, they they fancied their chances because since since uh, Rooney's come in, he's he's worked wonders for them. Um, but two was just a cushion that we needed. This was like right, we've got a cushion now. Let's build and it's, let, let's maybe get a third just to completely kill the game. Um, didn't quite work out that way. I mean, for the rest of the the um, the rest of the first half, Ben, in terms of Watford chances, there weren't really any clear-cut ones. Now, what did happen on the 39th minute, Ben, was Colin Casey richards headed it into the back of the net, but Tim Robinson blew. Now... I'll get your thoughts on it in a minute, but personally, he owes us that one for the Bournemouth game. So, I'll take that, but it wasn't a foul, was it?
2: Um, no, but like you say, we'll take it. I think we was hard done by last season in the Premier League with VAR. Um, so, we'll definitely take mistakes by the officials. Um, like you say, it, it wasn't a foul, Um Andre Wisdom just literally stood there he wasn't even yeah. looking at Batman <laughs> if, if he gave Batman the eyes then possibly you'd be like yeah he, he's trying to do something here but his eyes were firmly on the ball and if anything Batman went into him um, but that was um, consecutive crosses into a box and Batman looked very very shaky um, I think Derby showed a weakness in Batman's game yesterday and it is it's his command in his box and coming for crosses um, I don't know if you remember when we played Coventry away I mentioned that he he came and flapped at a cross yeah, there as well. Did, so man. I think yeah. maybe the uh, Derby um, scouts have picked up on that and they they really went for it yesterday because he didn't look comfortable with any uh, crosses into a box. He was kind of, he wasn't really on his toes. He looked a bit flat footed with all the crosses coming into a box yesterday, but yeah, his distribution is fantastic, I must say, but if there is a weakness in his game and it is commanding his b- box um, and coming for crosses.
0: Well, a couple of things you've just said that I want to pick up on um, <laughs> I don't want to get absolutely hammered on Twitter, so I'm just trying to figure out to word this correctly. But in terms of Backman's overall game, probably not his best game yesterday since he started the season and probably the shakiest yeah. he's looked since the Tramia home game in the cup last season. Am I being too harsh? Or...
2: Yeah, I think that's... No, that's fair to say. I think you're spot on. I think I don't think anyone's going to be moaning or grumbling about that. But I think he had probably like a six out of ten performance yesterday. He did yeah. set the world alight. He showed weaknesses, but he made he made good saves as well. He kept us in the game. Yeah, with that in swinging corner as well, didn't he? So it, yeah, yeah. A huge one. It, it, look. Maybe he just needs game time. Um he's he's very inexperienced still, isn't he? I know he's probably about twenty six or so. Um don't quote me on that. Um that's just a rough guess, but he hasn't <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be his age as well then. Um but yeah, he hasn't played many games, has he? So and you're only going to pick up this experience from playing games. So maybe he he'll look back on last night and think, okay, I need to improve in this area. So that it, it could make him a stronger keeper.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, everyone's gonna have a little wobble every once in a while, but it's credit to the defense that, other than that, he doesn't really have much to do in games, which is probably why he's kept six clean sheets in nine games. So, yeah, but he's 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 doing well. Um, but and then another thing you mentioned the is, Derby obviously may have done their homework. Um, Martin Waghorn, Jesus Christ, he can't cross a ball to save his life. Every time he was crossing the ball, it was clearing the box. It was going way too high. It was way too deep. The bloke couldn't find his ass with both hands, right? He was just, he was terrible at crossing that ball in and finding anyone. So when they brought him off, I was absolutely gutted. Um but I think that was one he's he's only just come back from injury, so that probably says why. But overall, you know, the crossing into the box did did work for Garby Um and then Cleves went in the book. He um he put a challenge on Knight, so I never like when a player like Cleverly gets booked because you know he likes getting stuck in. He runs and runs and runs, and he likes putting a challenge about. So I'm always a bit sort of almost wincing a little bit whenever he's going in to to try and win the ball because he's on a yellow. Uh, same with Hughesy as well. You know we, we know that he likes to break up play, but I think he picked up a yellow as well. So um, yeah, I was a little bit little bit sort of cringing at times when when they were going in to to win win the ball back. Um but at half time we were two nil up to the good. Uh 52% possession, two shots, two on target, two goals. Um although I don't know if they're counting that one. I, I don't know. Um one corner, uh two hundred and fifty six passes, Derby had two hundred and twenty nine passes and our two yellow cards to Derby's one. Now at half time you're thinking okay we turn it up that's good. Second half, the objective surely had to be, Ben, get a third, maybe a fourth, but a third would definitely kill it. Do you think that's that's what Murath would have been saying in the in the dressing rooms at half-time?
2: Yeah, I think that's what he wanted the team to do and it would have made us feel more comfortable. Look, a 2-0 lead is very dangerous. Um, you can't sit on a 2-0 lead. You need to keep going. You need to push for that third goal because like we saw... They had that disallowed goal. Vested would have been two-one. They they scored from the um, later on from your own goal. Would have been two-two. It's yeah. just. You, you've got to keep going, really. Um, under Ivic, um, he would have settled for a 1-0, oh, so it's refreshing that we actually went for the second goal yesterday. I was going uh, to but... say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is refreshing to see that. Um, I, I think that's changed with Watford, hasn't it? Since um, Munoz has came in, it, it's more of a, OK, you, you, you've got the first goal, now go get the second one. Try yeah. and kill the game off. Uh, it's just good to see because with, we with... Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it. We've suffered under Ivic um, watching yeah. Watford play. We've had no enjoyment from it. But recently, we're starting to enjoy watching our football team again.
0: Mm, mate, absolutely spot on. I, I don't think anyone will disagree with you there. Um, you know, you, you'd watch the games under Ivic at times. We went 1-0 up. The the, the the prime example for that one, Ben, for me, uh, was the opening day fixture against Middlesbrough. Went one nil up and oh. we got absolutely battered, walked all over. But we won. And you sort of come away thinking... Oh, that was crap. Yeah, we won. Great that we got three points, but oh, it was a bit of a drab watch. And sometimes you'd come away with that. Like uh, another example would be, uh, personally for me, would be Birmingham City away. Um, you know, I love whenever we play Blues over the years, and we've been lucky to be in a position where you know we've beaten Birmingham opening day of the season, where me and you first met. Um, we went. I think we beat them four nil at their place under Zola that uh, playoff season, um, and like it's really good like to have a bit of banter with the lads like, hey, you know, my mates at support Blues like, are oh, we? We were brilliant today, like unlucky. Whereas if you're only winning one nil and it's because we got a lucky break and then won a penalty. You don't sort of have those as much bragging rights. And it, it, it is, I, I know three points is three points, but the way that we went about it in some games, it was just, it wasn't enjoyable, as we've said, Ben. So it is nice to see us get forward and, and use the attacking prowess that we've got.
2: Yeah, utilise
0: them. Yeah, exactly. You know, Sar's one of the quickest players in the bloody league, for God's sake. He should be playing in, in, in the Premier League. Summer, um different player. Although... I don't think he had his best game yesterday, Ben. No, Am I being he... a bit harsh in saying that? Or no, not at all. I was
2: feeling yeah. it. I've seen it on uh, it, uh, Twitter as well. People are saying that Semer wasn't really involved in the game. I don't know if he looked tired. Um, I think maybe he was a bit embarrassed ever since that step over he started doing it when he went, up <laughs> kill, went out for a
0: throw. <laughs> yeah,
2: that killed it for him yesterday.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it did. Um, but the second half did get on the Um and it was. Um, it, it was largely Derby looking to get in. You could tell Wazza had really got stuck into him at halftime. Um, I also text my mate, Hage, saying, um, I bet you know that. I, I said to him, I says, can you do, because you can bet on almost anything nowadays in football. I says, and, and we tend to have a, a bet whenever there's football on just to make the game more enjoyable. Um, and I said, "Can is there a market where you can place a bet on the minute that the substitution is going to take place I says because our manager loves making subs around the 60th <laughs> minute uh, and lo and behold 60 minutes on the clock first sub and I told him what the subs were going to be I said Chalaberg's going to come off for Gosling and I says maybe Semmer's going to come off for Zinkenagel um it was only the one sub I did get 50% right uh, Gosling come on for Chalaberg but again yesterday I touched on it a little bit uh, a minute ago um Chalabra had a a good game again, Ben, but I think he's coming off because we need to save him for, for some big games that are coming up.
2: Yeah, um, I I think it's safe to say, I think that was uh, Nathaniel Chalabas' best performance in the Watford shirt this season. Um, He's really finding his groove now, and he's playing with a smile on his face, and the the midfield three really helps him. Um, He played a bit further forward yesterday, didn't he? Um, I think that's the furthest I've seen him get forward this season. Mm. Um, So, yeah, very comfortable performance, and you've got to keep... Games are coming thick and fast now. You've got to keep one eye ahead of yourselves, and we've got Blackburn on Wednesday, and then Bournemouth on Saturday. Chalabers on nine yellow cards for a season. Yeah. Uh, if he picked if he picked up a yellow card, he, it, it, another yellow card that would have been up to 10, which means a two-game suspension. Um, and you've got... I know you don't want to get too carried away, but you kind of got one eye on that Bournemouth fixture at the weekend. Um, and you really want him to be involved because this three-man midfield is making him very... Uh, is vital for his um, team. And he's looking very comfortable and you can't really go into that... Um, Bournemouth fixture without Nathaniel Chalobah, and I can't believe I'm saying that after um, slating him for the first couple of months but um, I, I've, I've, for the last six weeks I've, I've been a very very fond of um, Chalobah, and he's yes. fastly becoming one of the most important players for Watford in that uh, midfield three
0: Absolutely. And fastly becoming one of the first names on the team sheet. And, you know, yeah. the, as you said, Ben, rightly, earlier in the season, whenever Chalibur would be on there, there was some collective groans. I'm sure there would have been in, in households all over the UK looking at that Watford team news when n na- name was on there. But now you're sort of looking to think, right, is Chalibur playing? And yeah, he's he's been brilliant. And um, I, I listen, I, I know, Do you, do you think that, Dan Goslin we've seen three sub appearances from him now he roughly gets about the same amount of game time every game so far but yeah, i feel a bit silly saying this because he's only made appearances off the bench but do you think he's maybe proving a few people wrong I know we've touched on it in a few podcasts before but when he comes in he just looks comfortable in that in in that role in midfield yeah i've
2: seen i, th- I think so i've not seen any grumblings on twitter i've not yeah. seen anyone moaning about Dan Goslin i think they've just He's gone under a radar a little bit. His performances have been um, very good um, since he's came in. He, he's hit the ground running. He's worked hard for the team. He just keeps things ticking over in midfield, and it just—it's like a life, life replacement at the moment. When Chalobah yeah. goes off, Gosling comes on, and just carries on where he left off. Um, I did feel yesterday though we did struggle when we did take off Hughesy um, and Chalobah. I thought that's where yeah. the game probably changed and switched. Uh, um, I'm not saying that's down to the um goslin um, being replaced, maybe for Hughesy and Wilmot um substitution turned the game on its head.
0: Yeah, it was perhaps a bit naive from uh, from Munath. Uh, I mean before that Hughesy did come off, um, you know, there there was a couple of chances that we had. We had where um the, the thing cleverly delivered a corner and Shao Pedro sort of got a flick on it, but he, he flicked it over the bar. Uh, so, really, a half chance there. Uh, and then four minutes later, Sarr cut in, and you're thinking, right, here we go. And he he, he just completely turned his fullback inside out. And you're thinking, right, he's on his left foot. He's he, He's got the pretty much the whole goal to aim at. And he's absolutely wellied it. And I think Goslin's come in to try and maybe get a nick on it. Nowhere near. Uh, and he's absolutely drilled it wide. And, you know, luckily at the end of the game it, it didn't take one of those to go in to, to win the game. Luckily we was able to hold on to what we had, but bloody hell that was a uh, that could have been costly, but thank God it wasn't. But yeah, you mentioned that double change for for, for Watford, uh, Ben Wilmot coming on for Will Hughes and then Zincarnargle coming on for Semmer. Uh, seventy six minutes on the clock. So again maybe a little bit too late to influence it for the good. But the one that I was confused with, Ben Wilmot for Hughesy I was still trying to figure out, was that a log for log replacement? Did we change anything? But I think it was literally Ben Wilmot was playing in that sort of defensive midfield role, by the looks of it, yeah. wasn't he, Ben? Yeah, he was. And he's played there
2: before um, when we sent him online to Indonesia, That's where he was playing for them. So he, he knows how to play that role. And I know not many Watford fans will, will know Wilmot does play that position. But yeah, he he can play in that role. Um <laughs> I just thought it unset the team, unset the team a little bit because Hughesy was tick, making the Watford team tick yesterday. Everything yeah. was going through him. Uh, it was calming down play. He was speeding up play. Um, he, he was picking out passes with his range of passing. That delicious ball over top to find um, Gel Pedro as well. What a fantastic ball that was! Yeah. Just ping it over the defender. Left with wisdom for dead. He didn't know where Gel Pedro went with that ball, and yeah, he was unlucky not to get a proper connection on it. Um, only got a little bit of connection on it and Marshall um, took it into his chest but yeah um, really missed um, Tuesday when he went off and maybe man of a match performance or would you say it was maybe a chalibre man of a match performance because both of them was outstanding
0: Yes, yeah, no, I, I think I think Hughes was probably man of the match. Only, I think he's edged it because he's got a goal as well. Um, but I think he, as you said, Ben, everything went through him. And um, I know the boys over at Second Tier Podcast have got some stick recently. But one thing they did say, which me and you both sort of picked up on and both agreed on, they, they said that we need to start looking at building the team around Hughes. And I think they're absolutely spot on with that. I think we could do no worse than looking at building a team around Hughes because he really, really is vital. And it it just goes to show how much we've missed him. Uh, And, you know, he said in that interview before the game, you know, Sky did a feature on him because of us playing Derby, etc. And he said he just feels his system just works for him absolutely you know, works for him down to a T, um, which obviously we, we've reaping the benefits of this system so far. We've not lost with it, such Um We've not lost with it. So, yeah, um, you mentioned there the substitutions perhaps unsettled the side a little bit. They didn't half because they come on in the six, 76 minute, 77 minutes, Derby get a goal back and then, Jesus Christ, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But um, yeah, it was typical Derby were you know, putting the crosses in all night and they put one in proper close to Dan Backman and it was a bit, you know, uncertainty of, is Backman going to come out and try and claim it? Is is one of the defenders going to try and do something? And I think that Kazim Richards was there. He just put that much pressure on us. And um, I don't think William trooster you know, if he's trying to clear it from the position he's in, unfortunately, he's only going in the back of the net. But disappointing not to get a clean sheet at the end of the day, wasn't it, Ben? Because... I know they had a goal disallowed, but other than that, and those corners, obviously, Batman made that brilliant save from an in-swinging corner. But other than that, they didn't... I don't think they properly threatened us, like, other than those corners.
2: No, it didn't threaten us, and I think it was... I think it was possibly... um yeah, it it was a comfortable performance with our defence. Um, they didn't trouble us. I saw a stat this morning at Derby only had nine touches in our in our box yesterday. So oh, wow. the defenders and midfields were doing the jobs that there was meant to do it's just unfortunate that there was such a fantastic cross into the box which went over head of Kafka and Kasim Richards and just fell to the feet of Econ and he couldn't really adjust his feet properly mm. but yeah it's a bit disappointing not to get the clean sheet but look, we, we've picked up two clean sheets prior to this so I'm not going to let it um, bother us too much um, I'm sure we can get another clean sheet in the next few games.
0: Yeah, well, you, you mentioned that before this game. It was three in a row, so that was only the second time that we'd achieved that in the whole season that we'd picked up three clean sheets in a row. But he's he's doing a you know a good enough job recently, so we'll we'll let him off that one. Uh, and yeah, that chance that I mentioned, um, you know, it was sort of eight minutes later, uh, 85 minutes on the clock. Corner comes in and whether it was to do with the technique or whether it was to do with uh, the wins that night, I don't know, but brilliantly done by Byrne and a brilliant save by Backman, absolutely. Because at the start, I thought it's hit the bar, but when the replay slowed it down, Bachman's done it and you saw Backman sort of on his haunches a little bit and he was like, wow. <laughs> so even he sort of didn't know much about it. One thing I did that I picked up on the Sky commentator said it, and I was like, "Really? Um, is that Shay Given? Is their set piece coach? And yeah. I'm like, he's a goalkeeper. But when you think about it, he knows what goalkeepers don't like, doesn't yeah,
2: he? Yeah, he he knows exactly. He, he's, he's been a goalkeeper. He knows He knows what he likes to deal with and what he doesn't like to deal with. So yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it's quite clever to actually hear a goalkeeper say what they should be doing with their corners and that but especially with opposition goalkeepers and he, he probably knows that Batman's weakness is coming for crosses and that. So you want to yeah. put you wanna put it right on top of him, don't you? Um so yeah, very clever. And I th- I thought it was interesting to know that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But you know, from that goal Ben, um it was just Derby were just getting the bodies forward and everything and it was a real tough watch and five minutes added on. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm just trying to think, was there a was there a long injury or something? I know we used um, a lot of the subs, but the five minutes, I don't know where they sort of pluck this from sometimes, but it was a really, really tough watch. But thankfully, Ben, we managed to escape the uh, the Derby sort of threat and uh, hold on for those precious three points so at the end the stats were 51% possession for Watford 48 for Derby and um, seven shots in total for Watford four of them on target Derby had three shots zero on target so again highlights that we didn't really other than the crosses and the corners we weren't really threatened much and um, Derby had eight corners, though, so you can imagine how that was for Watford fans, uh, to our three. And then, again, the passes were quite close. You know, both teams, you know, they they obviously like to get the ball on the floor and just pass it about. 469 for Watford, 428 for Derby. But, Ben, all in all, another massive, massive three points, which, as I was talking to you before we recorded, puts us now level on points with Brentford, who were the early game today against Coventry. So, let's hope that that pitch at St Andrews really is churned up and sort of doesn't do wonders for them. But we now level on points with Brentford, the same Brentford that went 22 games and beaten and have got the top goal scorer with 24 goals in their team. Who'd have thought that we'd be... We I think you summed it up perfectly with what you said, Ben, at the, at the start, before we started recording. But how brilliant is that, that we now level on points and, and back in the race? I'm saying it, we're back in that race.
2: Yeah, and I think you're right to say it as well. Um, I think we're just co- concentrating on our own games at the moment, aren't we? And we're putting mm-hmm. pressure on our oppositions. Like I said in the midweek podcast, we played for the night before Norwich, Swansea and Brentford. And I said, one of those teams will slip up. Um, yep. it, it's highly unlikely that all three would get results. I thought one of them might have drawn, but who would have known that Brentford went on to have their second loss in a week? And it's really closed the gap now. And like you say, we've level on points for them now. But that was... A massive result yesterday. We're really starting to pick up momentum. We've picked, we've changed the formation at the right time. We're playing pos- players in their right position, which is benefiting the team. And yeah, we're just coming into the right form at the right time of the season. This is when you want to be hitting the right form at the right time. A massive result for Watford to beat a derby side like we said, who we were in great form under Wayne Rooney. Uh, they're really hard to beat. Uh, that's nine points in six days now. Uh, that was a big week for Watford, and to come away with nine points is massive. um free games where we've found completely different ways to win, win as well um all, all all of the results have been completely different we've had that six nil demolition of Bristol City, the hard fought one nil away win at Preston and then another hard fought victory at home um but we can we control the game probably for about seventy five minutes of the game so yeah um really positive and it's going to be tough going into the game at weekend against Blackburn, uh,
0: midweek fixture, I mean, sorry. Absolutely. is, And, you know, Blackburn, are, they're no mugs. I know they're sitting 12th in the table at the moment, but they've got a, a threat up front with Adam Armstrong. And, you know, we'll hear from a, a Blackburn fan very shortly. Me and Ben spoke to um, Ryan Hildred from the Rovers Chat YouTube channel. Uh, so we'll hear about their sort of what what's going on in the camp from their side. But I think you're absolutely right we're sneaking under the radar as you said ben uh and i think you're absolutely right to say that another home win you know that that now in 16 games is 38 game uh, 38 points picked up 32 goals at home as well the most in the league uh for a home side and as as a couple of podcasts picked up you know our friends over at the championship chat podcast picked up um we're the only team to win double figures at home i don't know if anyone's close to doing so i would imagine so because swansea are only six points behind us in terms of home points um as our marriage but brilliant stats and it just shows how comfortable we are at home so absolutely spot on that result is just what we needed just what the doctor ordered so, moving on to the part of the show now, which is a little bit new for us, we asked if there 's any questions last night after the game, and uh, lo and behold we 've got a few so what we 've decided to do is don 't worry if you 're listening so far and you 're thinking they 've not asked they 've not answered the question i 've asked we 're going to do them right now, so we 'll always leave it till after the match review, and then we 'll go through them so. Ben, we've had a a question from John Parslow, who's a regular listener of ours. John, I hope you're well. Um, John's actually asked two questions, but the first one I want to ask, when the owners said we will do everything in our power to get us back up, do they have the right to point at Sar and say we still have him, promise kept? Because John certainly thinks if he keeps his form, we're going to go up. Do you think if he keeps his form, we're going to go up? And do you think that? They're, they're entitled to point at Sar and say, "Well, there you go." Or do you think that they perhaps needed to pull their finger out a little bit more than just keeping Sar? Uh,
2: yeah, I think I would have liked them to maybe have brought in a striker to help out that department. Um, but apart from that, the addition of Goslin was needed. I think that's helped out that department. And then, yeah, like you say, keeping hold of Sar. Um we wasn't made aware until last week that Saw was very close to joining Liverpool yeah. in January and we managed to keep um keep hold of him. I think they didn't want to pay the forty million off in price. So keeping hold of him is massive. And um like John says, keep keep Saw playing um in good form, fully fit. We definitely got a better chance of him um getting us promoted if it stays that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Sort of half and half. I'm I'm sitting on the fence a little bit because, yes, it would have been nice to get a a striker in that scores goals, but at the same time, we're now reaping the benefits of you know scoring a few more goals with this new system that we've got. So maybe after all the players that we've got were the ones that we needed. We just needed to play the right system. But at the same time, it would have been nice to have a striker who was able to play in that position. But uh, but uh, able to fit into that system. But I think Sal Pedro's doing a superb job, uh, you know, on eight goals already. I think he said, what, his target's 15. He's got 17 games left, I think it is, to get um, uh, to 15. So, who knows? Um, but, yeah, thank you for that question, John. We will get on to your other one. Uh, I think we've touched on this next one, Ben, but I'm going to I'm going to read it out anyway because he he's sent it in. Um, Steve D said, is Hughes now the key player in this team and how important is it that we keep him fit? Now, I think we've actually talked about that in this podcast, said it's important to build a team around him, but would you go as far as saying that he's now the key player in the team? Uh, he, I don't know if he is the
2: key player because uh, just yet. Um, he, he's definitely one of three, I'd say. Um, yeah. I think last night we saw Eta is maybe the key player. I think he's one we need to build the defence around because he is by far the best defender we got at the club and possibly in the championship we really missed him last night but Will Hughes, since he's came into the side the performances have all changed and uplifted as well so I'll build a team around Will Hughes and Sirio
0: yeah. Yeah. I think it's difficult to pinpoint one exact key player. You know, we've got so many players that are useful for different things in different areas. So to to nail him down as the key player, I think would be very tough. But we, we're certainly in agreement with Steve when he says, how important is it that we keep him fit? Because as we've said, you know, he, he was what kept us ticking last night. And when he come off, the it, it was evident that we were missing him. Um <laughs> I think
2: it's important to build a spine of a team isn't it than just yeah. focus around one one uh, player and I think I think our midfield three at the moment is is vital and um, they accommodate each other really well. And I think they're getting the best out of each other. They're pushing each other. Uh, There's it, no surprise that Chalaber's performances have improved since we've played free three. Shoes um, has improved because we've played to his strengths. And, and it also allows Cleverley to focus on his game and his improved massively as well. So I think you just need to build a not just a team a, a team around one player. I think you just need to try and build a spine and I think we can do that with the likes of Alta at the back Hughesy in midfield and cleverly. and then I think you would just fill in the places around them and then like soar over on the right and I think they're, they're the most important four players in the Watford side at the moment I'd say
0: yeah yeah absolutely I, I'm in agreement with you Ben absolutely sticking with Hughes because we, we can sort of amalgamate this question into what we're talking about Uh, James Hurst has asked why has Hughes become such a critical part to our team and how has he done it so quickly now I think Hughes has always been critical you know you, you hear of I think Filippo Giraldi did that interview with The Athletic if you've not checked it out go and check it out really really good insight and he said that you know Hughes was one of the most devastated when we got promoted I think he cares for the club uh, it's very rare that you find a player nowadays, especially in this day and age, actually care about the club. Um, and you know, he—I I, think—he's always been able to do it, but obviously those injuries have, have stopped him. But I think it just highlights the talent that he's got to to have such a lengthy injury and then to come back in and just slot like in as if he's not been missing. Sort of—I think it's absolute testament to the bloke, to be honest. Um, is there anything you want to add on top of that, then, or? I think it's his leadership skills as well as his um, technical
2: ability. Because you've got to remember, we, we signed him from Derby County and he wasn't just a bit Park player at Derby County. No. He was their main player. He was their captain at the age of 19, 20. He was captain captaining, captaining um, Derby in the Championship. And then he's came into the Watford side um, when we've needed him this season. And he, he's brought that leadership with him. And we, we saw it towards the end of last season after look during lockdown and that. Mm. He was one of the players that was the most vocal. Um, yeah. He was showing the most passion. And it's just good to
0: gel that back into the Watford side now with Hughes. Absolutely. I, I think you're, you're spot on with, especially, he was one of the, the standout players from last season, um, especially after lockdown, him and Craig Dawson. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for those questions, guys. Um, another one we've got um, from my brother, Cameron, Um Who's your favourite, Ben? Folquia or Navarro? He wanted a whole section on this, by the way, but you're not having it, Cam. Um, yeah. who's your
2: favourite? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. We um, gave too much time for my decorating skills last week, so we can't do a whole <laughs> section on this one. But... Um... I just want to say your brother's very busy on Twitter lately. I've seen him uh, every time I go on Twitter, he's there. So yeah, <laughs> I don't great, know how you feel about that. <laughs> he's
0: got if, if I if I go to a game to him next season, he's gonna get mine and his head kicked in the way he's carrying on, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's he's a busy boy on Twitter, let's say that.
2: Yeah, the followers
0: are cracking up for him, isn't
2: it? Um, but yes. yeah, um, who do I prefer? Um I, I felt sorry for Folker when he got um Pulled Soaked off that half time yeah, <laughs> against Manchester City like it was his fault. Uh, it wasn't really his fault. Um, so I've got a soft spot for him. Um, so I'll probably say. I prefer him over Navarro because
0: I'm not convinced with Navarro you know no nah, I'm, I'm I'm not buying it to be honest or ever since we sent him out on loan and that loan team got relegated I'm just thinking hmm, uh, okay then but yeah <laughs> maybe uh, you're not the player for us <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Folk uh, yeah he's he's out in Granada at the moment and he's hit the ground running over there you know he's playing week in week out so fair play to him um, we've had a another question from John Parslow who um, I think we've slightly... What time
2: did he, he
0: go to bed last night? I know, yeah. Yeah, John, what time did you go to bed, mate? Because uh, yeah, he's probably out
2: walking his dogs,
0: wasn't he? Yeah. No, he might be doing that as he's listening to this. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he got a decent night's sleep, John. Um, ben, do we start Gosling against... I, I think he meant Blackburn because Steve Hallwood's corrected him. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume he means Blackburn. Um does Gosling start against Blackburn, given that we clearly need to rotate at times, and we should not lob that hand grenade in? Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll that, we'll. I, I, I think we we
2: I think it's it will be sensible to start Gosling against Blackburn and, and bringing him for Chalibur. Um not because of Chalaber's performances, but because Chalaba's. Uh, he's walking on nine yellow cars at the moment. If, he, yeah. Like I said earlier, if he picks up another yellow car, that's two games suspended. And then he's going to be missing the Bournemouth game, which is a very important game next weekend. So I would protect Chalabar for next weekend and uh, start Gosling against Blackburn.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've had a question from Watford Argentina. Uh, I remember um, interacting with these on Twitter on my personal account once and the conversation was quickly cut short because they'd sort of used all their English they knew so they, they didn't really know how else to respond I think it was them anyway uh, so that was quite funny but their English has been superb in here um, what do you feel knowing that there are Watford fans in other parts of the world such as in his case, or in their case Argentina, Brazil Uh, whether it's Latin or European. Now, for me personally, to think that we've got a following over there now is absolutely mad. I know you hear about these, you know, few sort of obscure countries that you you hear about. Like, I don't know, uh, there might be a Stockport County fan from, like... I don't know Brazil, for example, because he found them on Football Manager and he, he loves them. But I think that sort of goes to show how much we've grown over as a club over the last few years. The fact that we've got these, and you regularly see in the official Watford Twitter now saying um, our new supporters group, Watford Finland. We've got, we've got, um, you know, Scandinavia. I think we've widely covered there. Uh, Watford Argentina, Brazil. You know, I think it's absolutely mind blowing that they support little old Watford when you look at the teams in the catchment area of Watford, you know, Chelsea Arsenal, Tottenham, and yet they choose to support little old Watford I I think it it, it sort of it, it, it does bring a smile to my face Ben, I don't know what you feel about it but I think it just shows how much we've grown as a club that we've got supporters out in these countries
2: yeah, it's just, like you say, it's shown how far the club has grown over years. I think that us getting into the Premier League's helped out massively on that mm-hmm. front. But yeah, we've just got supporters all over the world. Um, you've sent over figures um, to myself before of yeah. like, who listens to the podcast and that. And it, it's mad to see some of the countries that even listen to uh, the podcast, which we're really thankful for. But some yeah. like, um, some some countries we've not even really heard of properly. Yeah. Um, I think we've had listeners over in Kenya as well. Yeah, so. I was going
0: to say, big up the Kenyan listener.
2: Yeah, um, I don't, I'm trying to find it at the moment. I'm trying to go through my phone and scroll through just to reel off some names of countries. But it, it, it's from like Australia, Canada, um, South America, like you say, Finland, um, Africa, Asia. There's, there's hornets everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a hornet in every single country in the world.
0: Yeah, well, I've just got them um, on, on my phone, Ben, so... Oh, you um, saved the day, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I won't read them all out, because there is quite a few. I mean, uh, United Arab Emirates, you know, that's crazy. Oman, oh, man. Um, and this was a one, Aruba. I've not heard of that country before. And um, oh. every flag uh, for every country is on the um, iPhone, on the emoji section. But this isn't. Um, oh. And I had to Google where it was. And it is a tiny little island somewhere. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Jersey, I suppose that's not that much of a, a, a surprise because it's a British Isle. Uh, as we said, Kenya, Hong Kong, Thailand, um, you know, some of the countries, Colombia. It, it's just crazy. India, um, shout out to my Indian brothers, Um but yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy that, you know, we've got fans literally all over the world. Um I, I'm talking about Watford here, not not voices in a beast. That uh, that would be massive. That would that would be a massive like bigging ourselves up here we have got fans all over the world yeah it's nothing you know it's just another day no but what about Watford here that we've got fans all over the world um and it, it goes to show you know I remember the days when we were happy with mid-table in the championship you know Ray Lewinson days and all this um you know whenever I go abroad now I'm always wearing Watford shirts I always have but more people sort of they know like the, it's the, great the, isn't the, it the when natives, you go on holiday know. and
2: you when you go on holiday and you wear, you walk the shirt away and you walk through like the a strip with your, your colours on and everyone's looking at you going, that's a Watford shirt and they they come over to you and chat to you as well and yeah, then yeah. you even bump into other Watford fans abroad yes. as well or, yeah, it's mad or you were in a bar and it's like, oh, there's a Watford fan here last week. What I find weird is, when even when you're going in the UK, like, I go down to Bournemouth quite a bit and there's yeah. loads of Watford fans rich, down Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely loads. Well, I've got a couple of stories. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but my sister's at university in Lincoln. And she was in Morrison's the other day. And apparently some bloke uh, was in Morrison's at the same time in a, a Watford. I think he was in the third kit. Um, who, funnily enough, the last question which I'm saving for, um, He his Twitter name is Lincoln Hornet. So it might have been him. So Chris, if he was in Morrison's the other day, um, then we've solved, solved the mystery. But just talking about two occasions when on holiday with the Watford shirt, I went to Portugal... In 2004, with my grandparents, my granddad and my grandma, um, I was Christ 2004, so 95. I was nine years old, and I was like, I had Watfords like kit that I was wearing and all that. And I was in the pool. I got chatting to these lads, and you know. I one thing I was going to say, one thing led to another, but that's really, mate. <laughs> right? Um, so I was chatting I was changing his lad, right? And we got chatting about football, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and lo and behold, it was no other than I was like, he says, I'm a Chelsea fan, I was like, I'm a Watford fan, and he goes, My dad signed Paul Mayo for Watford, and um, it was Russo's son. So it was um I think was it Jimmy Russo, was that his name that owned the club? Jimmy or Vince, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was it was one of their lads. Uh, and they were at the same hotel as us in Portugal, so that was uh, that was crazy. Back in 2004, I was in Portugal a week before the Euros started, which funnily enough, we're in Portugal. And then even funnier, Portugal knocked us out of that Euros. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. And then another time, I saw on one of the Watford Facebook groups, which I'm really hacked off about, because I'm always in Lanzarote. I'm in a privileged position where my um, my grandmother owns um, a Villa out in Lanzarote and I read on a Facebook group once that someone was out in Lanzarote uh, they were in the Watford shirt and one of the people that owned this bar they're in come over and they were like they were speaking in broken English next thing you know they're on their phone they're ringing someone on FaceTime they pass the phone to this Watford fan lo and behold it's Javi Garcia so they know Javi Garcia I'm always in Lanzarote I'm always wearing my Watford shirt in Lanzarote why well, couldn't that have been me? So, but it is absolutely crazy. As we say, it just goes to show how much this club has sort of Marketing wise, it's just gone sort of global, if you like. And I suppose that's why they wanted to change the badge, you know, because, you know, you got these Americans like, why why are Watford called Watford when they've got a moose <laughs> on their badge? Like, it's not a moose, it's a heart. Like, I've absolutely butchered that uh, accent. I don't know what's going on with me this morning. You um, was talking to Corey for too much, look, from yeah. the podcast last <laughs> week. Yeah. So, you know, it goes to show, you know, it's absolutely crazy. So, in long, in long, long form uh, that's your answer Watford Argentina um, I've saved the best question till last Ben are you a curry man do you like do you like a curry every now and then you know what
2: I love a curry and um, my yeah? favorite takeaway curry over a Chinese all day long for me
0: okay well uh, debatable but uh, we won't get into that um, whenever you have curry at home and you've not ordered it in naan bread you microwave in it or that's what no, Chris Boone has said should I microwave
2: my naan bread or not, Chris? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't put a <laughs> naan bread in a microwave. It Goes all soggy. Yeah. Um. The best, the best bit to get you the best out of your naan bread is put it onto a metal tray that you're going to put into the oven. You sprinkle a bit of water on top. And you put it in uh, and wait five ten minutes and then get it out.
0: Delicious. There's my tip of the day. Ben Gordon rumsey there, um, giving his, his tip of the day. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. We've got one of these. Um, we've got one of these and grills. So you know you, you see them in like Japanese restaurants. Um, they like cook anything on it. Like you, bit of water on top. Give it. Uh, you know, once over each side, sort of thing. But yeah, don't don't put it in the microwave, mate. It it'd make it too soggy. Um, but, what about yeah. a toaster? Could you put one in a toaster? No, it wouldn't fit. You could cut it to size. Nah. Nah, mate. They you, do most you...
2: mini ones, don't they?
0: Have you yeah, seen them? Crap, we get mate. like a little four pack? No, because I, I don't know about you, Ben, but when I've got a curry, the main purpose of the um naan bread is you're mopping up the bits of curry that you can't get with oh, the four. Yeah. So oh. I I don't want it small, I want it I want it bigger. Garlic I'm or the curry tonight. <laughs> um I'm I'm
2: actually a cheese naan
0: Oh that is I a love shout, a mate. cheese naan Yeah, I'm yeah. starving. It's 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 twelve past nine, and I'm already thinking about should have a curry tonight. How Um, hot do you go with a curry, mate? I am right. I'm from so obviously being from Birmingham, that's like massively known for its. There's there's a place in Birmingham which is called the Balti Triangle, because of the like curry houses that are in Birmingham, and they're they're renowned for their curry houses. Um, You look at me, typical lad, likes football, likes beer, etc. I only had my first curry last year, I want to say. Um what? I cannot handle spice at all. Like, like nah. one bit. I can't handle it. Um, I'm trying to think of what what will give a sort of indication of how much of a weakling I am with spice. Um are are you,
2: are you just a korma? you play it
0: safe enough. Corma all day. Chicken tikka korma was my first ever curry. Um washed down with a few cobras. Went to a nice little Indian in um in back home in Birmingham and uh, yeah, it's uh, apparently Ali Campbell from UB forty is a regular in that curry house. So uh, I, I'll take his word for it, but oh. yeah, bang um, I, I love I love a chicken or a um, lamb, gel Frazy. That's Jalfrezi.
2: I, I like I like I like a bit of heat. And you funny know, you say who you um, goes to your and curry house back in Birmingham. When I was living in Watford um, there was a curry place along St Albans Road and there's photos of Bradley
0: Walsh um, on the ah. walls of where, where he used to go in all the time. <laughs> oh mate, you, you, you just reminded me, when, <laughs> I love how we go off tangent on this, it's just as well, this short segment we've got coming up after is really short and it's mainly the interview with the Blackburn guy but um Talking of famous Bradleys, where I used to live in Hall Green, round the corner, literally round the corner, there's an accountancy firm, and um that Brad Pitt knows that accountant, and everyone's like, oh yeah, like yeah, so of course he does. There's pictures of Brad Pitt outside that accountancy firm in where I used to live in Hall Green, so yeah, that's absolutely crazy and then Amir Khan's brother owns one of the takeaways in the village that I live in now so yeah I'm sure we could do a whole segment on this but listen guys thank you so much for those questions um if you've got any questions like that one that Chris asked we, we'd love to discuss them uh you know you've got the second tier Pardon I know they do a, a segment on like a funny question at the end but we we, we love these sort of questions so keep. yeah we want to
2: carry this on this is yeah. brilliant
0: love it whether it's Watford whether it's microwaving nine breads whether it's you know how strong do you have your tea how many sugars do you have in your tea, whatever right um keep them coming we, we really do appreciate it um but Ben just steering back in some form of direction um we have got Blackburn on Wednesday night their pitch isn't great so again we're probably going to see a scrappy game um we, we me and you did speak to Ryan from the Rovers chat just to to get the intel from the backbone side of things. And I'll tell you what, we'll play that interview now uh, and then we, me and Ben will we'll discuss it a little bit. So here's an interview that me and Ben did with Ryan from Rovers Chat. <laughs> Yes, we are here. Myself and Ben are here with Ryan from the YouTube channel Rovers Chat. They're also on Twitter as well, so make sure you go and check them out in our tweets. Um, Ryan, we, me and you spoke for the reverse fixture. I think it was the day before the 3-1. Uh, before we get stuck into to this time round, how, uh, how are you keeping this lockdown, mate? You keeping well?
1: yeah I'm not too bad uh, got a couple of kids so the homeschooling and things has uh, presented many challenges as I'm sure it has for a lot of parents but uh, I think this time around uh not resorting to as much alcohol consumption is uh, is definitely a success story in itself so uh, proud of myself for that one.
0: Good stuff, good stuff, absolutely. You know, Ben, I'm sure we'll be able to relate to you on that scale. Um, just starting, obviously, with, with Blackburn themselves, uh, you've lost your last three games in the Championship. Would would you say that Mowbray's under a little bit of pressure?
1: Yeah, he's under a huge bit of pressure now, unfortunately. Um, the game against Barnsley on Wednesday night felt like a real tipping point in the fan base, actually, because I think first and foremost, uh, our fans are very grateful for the job that Mowbray's done. Um, We were really on our knees when he took us over and he couldn't quite keep us from from going down into League One, but he's really rebuilt the club and put in loads of things off the pitch and, and really used the academy well. So he's given us all hope. And the fact that, you know, we were thinking and dreaming about playoffs this season is testament to the job he's done. But the last three games, um, something's changed and Mowbray's mannerisms have changed. Some of his vocals in the post-match interviews have changed. And um, we're starting to see some public shows of dissatisfaction from players and things like that. And it, as I say, that defeat against Barnsley on Wednesday just felt like something gave. And I think the majority of the fans now are probably in agreement that Mowbray's probably not the man to get us back into the Premier League which is a real shame because he's a fantastic bloke and he's done so much for the club the key questions now are just when and who you know it's all right saying that the manager's not good enough but those next two questions are the key ones aren't they so yeah he's under a bit of pressure I'm afraid on Wednesday
2: against Barnsley, like you said, you, you had a, you suffered a two-one defeat to them. But we we also saw that you actually switched to a back three for the first time this season. Is that something you reckon
1: Tony Mowbray will want to continue? he's been quite rigid to the 4-3-3 all season actually and that was associated with that early season form where you saw us scoring goals having possession and, and playing some really nice stuff but the last 10 to 12 games um we've just really struggled to get that type of football going not helped by our pitch and and probably some of the other pitches in the championship as well and we have been screaming out for maybe a bit of a formation change um, sooner than the Barnsley game, actually, and, and mainly promoted by the return of Bradley Dack because Bradley Dack, for me, can't play in a 4-3-3 system. You, has to, you have to get the best out of him, um, maybe in a 4-2-3-1 or, or something like that, so that he's got that free role. Um, So we were crying out for that sooner rather than later. Um, the other complication we've got is we've got two really good youngsters on loan from the Premier League. We've got Jared Branthwaite on loan from Everton and we've got Taylor Howard Bellis on loan from Manchester City. Particularly Howard Bellis, we did really well to get him. I'm pretty certain that Ancelotti and Guardiola want minutes in these two now, again, we've got Daryl Ennehan, who's the captain. He ain't going to get dropped. So it might be that we end up going to a back three to accommodate those two youngsters as well. And it might, as I say, get the best out of Bradley Dak as well. But yeah, to answer your question, Ben, I think this form has to change and we have to start doing things differently and we have to have some different approaches to games. So maybe that formation change might um, might become a bit more longer term, but it should have happened sooner rather than later for me.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned, obviously, Blackburn need to do something differently. One person that doesn't need to do something differently is Adam Armstrong. He's picked up 19 goals this season. Do you feel that you have you have to make the playoffs this season or you'll lose him next season?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and unfortunately, playoffs are looking unlikely now. You know, we're 10 points off and, and the likes of Watford and other clubs, you know, are, are really maintaining some form over the whole of the season. So it's going to be hard for us to make the playoffs now. Um Armstrong's contract is is up in 18 months once we get to the summer, so the price that we're going to be able to command is going to dwindle less and less. And as you say, 19 goals, Adam Armstrong is going to be commanding a certain weekly wage now, and I do understand from the local journalists in, in Lancashire that he actually took a pay cut to come to Rovers in the first place. Um, We just signed Bradley Dack up on a a three-year contract extension now. He's going to be on some good whack. I just can't see us affording paying Bradley Dack and Adam Armstrong the same amount of money in that team, particularly when you've got others like Sam Gallagher who who are going to be earning some good money as well. So sadly, the fan base is fairly resigned to losing Armstrong in the summer. And we obviously just hope that we can get the best price possible for him. You've got um, Barry Douglas
2: at the club. Um, I think he's on loan from Leeds United. Uh, many Watford fans will know that we were linked with him in the summer and it was a bit of a tug of war between yourselves and us who signed him and in the end, yourselves, Blackburn Rovers uh, managed to get him in through the door. Um, I think he's out of contract at the end of the season with Leeds United as well. Is he someone you could bring in permanently or is the future all about the highly rated Harry Pickering that you've picked up from
1: uh, Crew? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you just said there, Ben. So before the January transfer window, um, we probably would have been looking at Barry Douglas, um, you know, great experience pro, as you say, and also the other left-back Amari Bell is out of contract in the summer and he won't re-sign, you know, he's, he's not very well liked in the fan base, unfortunately. But, you know, Barry Douglas ain't going to sit second fiddle to Harry Pickering, regardless of how good he is and how good of a prospect he is. So, I would be very surprised if we did end up signing Barry Douglas in the summer, as much as I would love us to, you know, I think you're right. Harry Pickering is the one who we're going to get behind and he'll be the first choice left back.
2: Right. Let's fast forward straight to Wednesday then. Um, We're playing you um, at Ewood Park.
1: Who would you say is the ones to watch on the Blackburn side? Uh, Harvey Elliott, um, first and foremost, um, that kid is something else. Um, how he's 17 years old. Um, I do not understand, you know, assists and how he affects our games on, you know, a game-by-game basis is quite remarkable. And actually he made his debut against Watford, didn't he? And I don't know what you guys thought, but You could just tell when he came into our side, the touch, the precision, the finesse, um, the vision, you know, all that type of stuff. He just looked a complete player already at 17 and at championship level. So I've got absolutely no doubt that he's going to go and play for Liverpool and probably England as well. So he's definitely one to watch out for, you know, particularly if we're looking for someone to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, if it is a bit of a turgid game with the state of our pitch, um, Elliot is certainly one to watch out for. Um, the other player to watch out for um, is Joe Rothwell, who on his day um, is, you know, a game changer. Um, you know, the Rovers players say that they've never seen someone dribble with the ball so quickly. You know, he's quicker on the ball than he is off the ball. You know, he's, he's frightening when he gets dribbling. Um, and he got two outstanding goals this season, one at Brentford and, and one at home to Sheffield Wednesday as well. So if he's on his game... He can pick that ball up from deep and he can really drive forward. And and we do miss that at times, actually, just someone to just go and take the game there and and really start to make things happen. So I think, you know, Elliot and and Rothwell are the two that that I'd be looking out for. And, you know, it goes without saying Armstrong's top scorer, but he hasn't been impacting games as much recently. So I'd say Rothwell and Elliot.
0: Yeah, It'll be interesting to uh, to see, obviously, when he signed, Elliot. It was uh, s- such a big signing, so I'm not surprised that he's, he's doing well with you, boys. Um, sticking with the game on Wednesday, last time round at Vicarage Road, it was 3-1 to Watford, um, and All load of Watford fans will sort of echo what I'm about to say. It wasn't a 3-1 type of game. How we ran out 3-1 winners, I do not know. Uh, And I'm sure you you boys will be sort of thinking the same as well. Um, What are your score predictions for this time round?
1: Yeah, um, our record this season um, against the sides above us, and in particular those in the top six, isn't great. Um, And we are really bad when we go behind actually, you know, the stats <laughs> against us are quite frightening. So if Watford do come and, and get a goal and go one nil up, then, you know, I can see Watford winning. Mowbray's under some huge pressure. We've got a tough game at Nottingham Forest, um, you know, on Saturday. And, and by the time your viewers are listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, they're listening and, and thinking about the Rovers game, we'll know the result of the Forest game. You know, we could be four defeats on the spin. We could be, you know, no wins in four or whatever. So, I'm expecting a really tough game. Um, I'm expecting uh, our pitch to continue causing Rovers problems. Um, I'm not hopeful if I'm being honest. (laughs) Um, I I do think that Watford have got that guile. I think the new manager has just brought something to you in these recent games to kind of get the job done. You know, that's what I've been observing. So I think it's one of those where Watford are just going to be expecting to come to Weeward Park, maybe win the game 1-0, you know, something like that. But. (laughs) Not going to go on record predicting rovers to lose. So I'm going to do the pessimistic, sit on the fence. We'll sneak a draw. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's going to be very tough.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been so difficult to watch Watford away from home this season. So when you said just uh, maybe Watford might sneak 1-0, uh, I had to chuckle because that's our favourite scoreline away from home this season. Um, but yeah, no, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Ryan. Like I said, Ryan is from the Rovers chat. Their Twitter and uh, well, their Twitter will be available in the link to the podcast go and check them out go and subscribe to them on youtube as well um and yeah make sure you go and check their stuff out but thank you very much ryan hopefully it's a more entertaining game uh, for both sides shall we say uh, this time around compared to last time but thanks very much for joining us ryan we really do appreciate it
1: no worries thank you for having me thanks a lot
0: no problem Yeah, superb. You know, uh, massive thanks to Ryan. I I was uh, privileged to be on Ryan's YouTube channel last year for the reverse fixture, which we definitely didn't deserve to win 3-1. And I'll be on his YouTube channel again on Tuesday. uh, So make sure you tune into that. It's Rovers Chat. The channel will be linked in the Twitter that we'll tag with the the post for this podcast. But Ben, um, just quickly sum it up. Blackburn, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, they're, they're sort of in a bit of trouble at the moment, not one in three. Uh, they played Nottingham Forest today on Saturday. Um, how how are you feeling going into that one? Is it going to be another scrappy 1-0 away win penalty or how are you feeling? And then give me a, a little score prediction. To finish yeah, well,
2: I, I don't think it's going to be a convincing victory if we are to, to get a victory I think it's going to be very tough like you say the pitch is going to play a fetch uh, could play into Blackburn's hands but listening to Ryan he was saying that it kind of restricts Blackburn from actually playing um, yeah. they're c- coming into the games um, three games uh, back-to-back defeats a fair way to Forest today when we were recording on Saturday so Forest. Uh, good form at the moment so they, they could even get another victory and Tony Mowbray is under pressure so who knows if they lose this maybe would they make a change and get rid of Mowbray before we play them or it's Mowbray's last chance against Watford and he's got to get result it's going to be a tough game but confidence should be high in the Watford squad now so I I would take another scrappy 1-0 away win and I don't even care if it's a penalty. Yeah
0: yeah I, I, I'm you know, agreeing with you to to a certain extent, where it is going to be a scrappy game. Unfortunately. Not everyone and I don't mean this as a dig, but unfortunately not everyone is as privileged to have a, a pitch like we do. You know, the pitch again last night, Scott Tingley and his boys did some superb work on it. It looked like a carpet. So um he Ryan did allude to the fact that their pitch is sort of torn up. Um but I, I think it is going to be a scrappy game. But listen, these are the games that we know we have to put sort of pull our sleeves up, uh, pull our socks up, sorry and uh, roll our sleeves up and get stuck in. And if we come away with a 1-0 win, yeah, it won't be convincing, but listen, a win's a win at the end of the day. And these these away games are tough. You know, I just take pleasure in the fact that we're now not the lowest scorers away from home. That accolade goes to our friends down the road. Um, I think Luton have have scored seven away from home. We've scored eight. So uh, I'll happily let that sort of stick with them. But yeah, I mean... We, we, we've moaned about our away form, Ben, but you know, if if we win, we'll have the eighth best away record in the division. And it wasn't long ago where we had like one of the worst. So we, we're slowly climbing the away table, if you like. Uh, and Mowbray's record against Watford actually is very, very good. Unfortunately, uh, so hopefully we can we can put a dent in that. Uh, but I am going to go. I'm going to go two nil, Ben. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm feeling slightly confident. You know, we're on a good run of four. Momentum's behind us, 2-0. Uh, I will probably change the score depending on what the score is for Blackburn today um, because they might pick up a little bit of momentum. But I'm going to go. Pedro's going to score again. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to go for it again. Pedro's going to score twice and he's going to hit double figures because that will be his ninth and seventh goal of the season. So, yeah uh 2-0 for me. Uh so we'll definitely take that. that. Absolutely, we will. Absolutely. And if we can uh, if we can put some pressure on uh, on Norwich and Brentford because I believe if my research is correct, Norwich are away to Birmingham. So they're at St Andrews again. Uh and I think Brentford are playing on a Wednesday as well um i'm just checking as we speak brentford are at home to sheffield wednesday who have sort of hit a little bit of form if you like so um hopefully they can do us a favor there but yeah uh, just that's... quickly before we wrap it up um, yeah,
2: I, we, we we mentioned about the poll uh, i was going to put a poll out to see who, who would win out of a race between Saint, Anya and vidra um, yeah. i know it's only 30 minutes in but um there's there's a massive lead at the moment um Saint, has got 86% of your votes. um, Anya's got 8% and Vidra's got 6%. So I think it's safe to say that Saar would absolutely ruin the other two in a race.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see one day, And who knows, you know, maybe it it could have been a case that Vidra and Sarr run the same pitch at one stage of the season. But who knows? we'll, We'll leave that to the imaginations of the Watford fans. But... Talking of leaving things to with Watford fans, that is us for this week. Thank you so, so much. It is a little bit longer because me and Ben like to go off on a tangent, but thank you so much for sending the questions in. Thank you, as always, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. You can enjoy it now because we've won. Saturday is going to be crap, today is going to be crap because Watford aren't playing, enjoy the rest of your weekends, enjoy the week coming up myself and Ben will be back on probably Thursday morning, we'll, we'll confirm that for definite on Twitter um, and we will hopefully be speaking to, well we will be speaking to a Bournemouth fan ahead of that big crunch game next Saturday, but until then, stay safe, take care and come on, you are